2: Hope you're having a great Wednesday. We are we are live at Mercedes-Benz Stadium getting ready for tonight's match. Real Salt Lake taking on Atlanta United. We're going to get the latest from our man, Jason Longshore, analyst for Atlanta United. And if you're just joining us, Braves lose the series against the Mets. Last game today, this afternoon, they lose 7-3 if you're just getting in the car and however you're accessing the show. Jason Longshore is brought to you by the Georgia Lottery. Today could be the day. And I want to jump in, Jason, and first start with the comments of Joseph Martinez. How did you take those comments, and do you think it was a a help or a hindrance for a team that right now is still trying to find itself? Because this has been a big topic all week long heading into tonight's match about Joseph and what he said.
3: Yeah, I think it was a hindrance. Uh, I think it did not help as you're dealing with a bad night at the office that now the conversation has been worse because of those comments Uh, I was honestly really surprised by them and I think some of the things that he said just don't fit what's happening and look you're emotional after a loss and I think players coaches we've all seen that over the years in every sport but I don't think it was a helpful thing to do and I think it was definitely something that surprised me with him wearing the captain's armband on Saturday night.
4: But to what extent, Jason? I mean, look, we've seen this in other sports, and maybe soccer's different. But, you know, there are guys who go in the locker room after the game, they flip over a table, throw a water cooler, and it wakes everybody up and it gets them going. I mean, you know, even if the comments might have been misdirected, doesn't it still count that the team leader and the captain sends a message to the rest of his teammates that we need to play better?
3: I think the message has to be sent behind closed doors, Mark. I think when that becomes a public message and teammates are called out, not by name, I don't think it helps the situation. If that conversation was had behind closed doors, then we're having a different con- We're having a different talk about it, but with it being made public, now there's lots of guesses. Now there's lots of, well, what about this player? What about this player? Who was this player? And that's, counterproductive. I, I think it's the the public nature of it that is the issue that I have with it.
2: Jason Longshore, our guest, as we get ready for Atlanta United and Real Salt Lake tonight here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. By the way, pregame seven, kick is at 7.30. I want to ask you about uh, Pineda's reaction to this, because Gonzalo obviously said something after the match the other day, then he kind of, you know, walked it back a little bit, because when you start talking about effort, Jason, you know, then you're getting down those, those those lanes of saying guys quit or they didn't play as hard. How would you qualify the comments of Gonzalo Pineda in regards to the loss, our last loss, and then his reaction to the comments after the team meeting?
3: Yeah, I I think his comments this week after the comments after the game, I, I think, again, it gets back to where you're heated after that match. His comments had more nuance than what some people took from them, in my opinion. It's the collective response, and that's what you're looking for here. I didn't see in the match and going back and looking at the numbers and and looking at the game and looking at some of the, the mistakes that were made, I didn't see anyone quitting on it. Now, I saw up front the lack of movement, and that's something that has been an issue. That's not quitting. That's not lack of effort. It's making the runs at the right time. And what Austin did that was so effective defensively against Atlanta's attack, they compressed the field, they stepped a high line up, and nobody was making the run in behind to open the field up. That needed to happen. That didn't happen. That's a different conversation than guys quit on the team. It's it's two different things. Okay. That's what I think Gonzalo was getting at, but maybe didn't come across as well as he would have liked after the match.
4: Sure. Now, there's an argument to be made in general um, that the lack of defense that this, this club has showed uh, recently, th- that injuries play a part of that. But when you talk about effort and lack of I mean, defense is all about effort, always, in every sport. It's just about wanting to, to stop the guy in front of you or the other team or whatever it may be could you attribute some of the lackluster defense not only to injuries but to lack of effort? Not, I mean, not specifically to certain players, overall to, to, to lack of effort.
3: I think there's the first goal. We can break each one down because there's three <laughs> different things. The first one, it's a giveaway at the top of the 18, and the response to going from trying to build up an attack to defense was too slow to materialize. It's not effort. It's awareness. It's, it's being locked in. Second goal, to 17-year-old kid who made a big mistake. It's flat out. That goal doesn't happen if that ball's cleared. And that's a player who has a bright, bright future in Caleb Wiley but made a big mistake. And the third goal is actually overcommitting, where you're chasing the game. They come out good from the second half to start the second half. George Campbell, a little too aggressive. Alan Franco has to try to fix it by being more aggressive, and you're exposed. So it's three different situations. And the idea that, and this was maybe the biggest issue I had with some of the post game commentary, the idea that injuries are not affecting this. You're missing your starting goalkeeper, your starting left back, your best center back, and your starting right back right now. That's out of five defensive players. You're back five, you're missing four. That's going to have an effect. There's just no way around
2: it. Jason. I want to ask you about tonight, formation change. What, what do we do when it comes to the adjustments that will help us in the areas you're talking about? Nine goals in the past four matches. Giving up, that is. Biggest
3: thing is, is stretching the field. And I would not be surprised to see Pablo Masterini, who is a little bit more of a defensive coach, come in after seeing what Austin did and saying, hey, these guys aren't going to make runs in behind. I can step up the high line. I can compress the field, make it difficult for them to build up the play, be disruptive, and get them frustrated. I wouldn't be shocked if RSL plays a defensive kind of game but dares Atlanta to make those runs in behind. That's the number one element to tonight, is there has to be movement with runs in behind and then players hitting that ball over the top. It's not always going to come off, but Take it, let's go to the Falcons for a second. You know, When you're a, a team that doesn't throw it long, what do teams do defensively against you? Stack they start the to compress the field. They, 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 they pack the box. They take things away from you. Even when you don't connect on those long passes, what does it do, though? It makes them have to respect it. They have to be a little more honest. That's the mentality Atlanta United has to have tonight. They have to get some speed up top and get in behind and play that ball over the top to open up more space.
2: Three games in seven days. How does he manage this roster with the time and giving more guys more time or less time? How how does Gonzalo do that tonight?
3: I think if you had gotten a win on Saturday, you would have more of a luxury of worrying about managing minutes um i think you've got to put the best team on the field in these home games you've got to get three points at home and look that best team on the field might be different on sunday than it is tonight because of tired legs and those sorts of things but it's the best team on the field tonight in my opinion and you need to get something out of this in a big way
2: jason uh what's your keys to victory for atlanta united tonight taking on real salt lake
3: just like we talked about, I think you know defensive mistakes are going to happen with four out of five not first-choice players, including the goalkeeper. They're going to happen. You want to minimize them, of course, and you want to learn from them when they happen, but they're going to happen. You've got to open the game up from, against RSL because they would be absolutely satisfied with a point here. You've got to open it up. There has to be more runs in behind up top to open the game up, and then – you know, it's the midfield and it's the the center backs hitting that long ball that we've seen so many times that opens the game up. A big switch from the right to the left or the left to the right or that ball over the top. You have to get RSL stretched out and then hit the gaps.
4: Jason, uh, with this stretch, if, if if they don't seem to get two more wins in the next two matches here, uh, I mean, are you at panic button time? With you know, about, about just past the midway point of the season, do you feel like? Um, that, that more changes need to be made? I mean, where are you in the big picture with this season uh, if they can't win tonight or, or over the
1: weekend?
3: Yeah, it's a good question, and, and we're kind of talking about it uh, after the game on Saturday night. You know, must win with half of the season to go is, is a little tricky. But after what happened Saturday, and yeah, after what happened with the comments that were made after the game on Saturday, I think this is as close to a must-win game as you can have in game, you know, starting the second half, game game 19 of the season. Like, you know, this is as close to a must-win game with so many more to play that you can possibly have. And you have to see a response in the first 20, 30 minutes tonight. That's what I'm looking for is –